This podcast is sponsored by Explore Worldwide. Explore offers guided travel holidays from city breaks to honeymoons. Explore's local tour guides and their small group adventures give travellers the opportunity to experience a country and not merely observe it. Whether it's a food and drink tour in the hilltop towns of Tuscany or a walking tour in the rice fields of Vietnam, Explore puts their trust in the quality of their local tour leaders so you get a better insight into your holiday destination. Head to exploreworldwide.com. Hello and welcome to today's independent travel podcast with me, Simon Calder, once again on a train. And that's something to be celebrated because this day a year ago, well, there were very few trains running. You might recall 21st of June 2022 was the first day of national rail strikes since the 1980s. Since then, well, the dispute involving members of the RMT union and indeed the train drivers union, ASLEV, working for over a dozen train operators, including the one I'm on, Great Western Railway, Um, The dispute has got more and more bitter. It's about pay, of course. The unions say that they deserve a decent pay rise without strings. And it's really those conditions which are at the centre of the dispute. And it's reached, well, as you'll hear from my discussion with Mick Lynch, the General Secretary of the RMT Union, something of a deadlock. But first, I asked... Was he expecting a year ago that this dispute would last so long? Uh, I knew, we knew and we told our members at the beginning this would be a long-term dispute and they needed to dig in and we would take it responsibly. So we, didn't, we haven't rushed at it. Uh, our members have voted three times uh, to renew the mandate and they've done so convincingly as, as good at the end as it was at the beginning or as good recently as it was at the beginning. So we don't want to be here a year in, we want to get a settlement. Um, we're hopeful that we'll get one. We're available all of the time to, to talk about a settlement and negotiate a deal, but there isn't one available. The government have locked the dispute down um, and have gone on to radio silence, I'm afraid. Right, so we're talking here about stalemate. I think that's a fair mm. conclusion. Your members um, have typically, I think, 28 days of strikes, typically lost £1,800 if they're on 31000 a year. Um, are you going to be continuing industrial action and will it be uh, more strikes of the sort that we've seen over the past year? Yeah, well, we don't know how much individual members have lost. That's down to what they were rostered to work on the days of the strikes and what they get paid, of course. So they've made a big sacrifice, but they've reconfirmed their ability to fight in those ballots and they've reconfirmed it by turning out on the picket lines and taking the strike action. Now, we're not giving up. We've had a mass meeting of our reps last week and the message was very firm that they wanted to continue. What we debate is how we continue, what style of action and when it should be taken. So our executive will meet again this week and I think, I'm fairly certain, they will put more strike action down and it will be, I don't know what that will be at this stage, but it will be another campaign of action uh, to try and keep the dispute alive so that we can get a settlement for our people. Um, you mentioned the three ballots. Those were to continue strike action. The actual settlement offered by the rail delivery group, though, hasn't been put to your members. What do you say to all the people, um, the government, the... Uh, Uh, train operators, maybe even some of the public, who say at least give them a chance to vote specifically on that deal? Well, I say that there isn't a deal there to be done because what they're saying to us, you can have 5%, 
which is a very modest uh, proposal considering inflation today is 11.4 on the RPI scale and that is to cover the three previous years so it's five percent over three years on top of that they want us to just give up on our terms and conditions where where we say uh, we'll go into negotiations or consultations on a second phase where we haven't even seen the detail but we must declare the dispute over now we can't do that we will have no leverage at the table and no matter what we said the government and the companies would just say well it's coming in and you haven't got a mandate anymore so there's nothing you can do about it so no responsible union would do that we've explained that to our members the members were given the proposal uh, in their own hands 20,000 plus people got that proposal while they were balloting on the strike and they voted for strike action by eight levels of eight and nine to one. So we have had a, a, a referendum on it. Our members understand how the union works and they understand what's being proposed. So we're satisfied that our members are supporting our action and it will continue for as long as we need to, to go on to get a reasonable settlement. Is it possible that the government, the train operators, might start imposing reforms without negotiation, without an agreement? Well, reforms is the polite word for cuts. You, don't, you can't reform a ticket office. You either open it or close it. So what they intend to do is close nearly 900 ticket offices. So that's not a reform. So they could start doing that, yes. And Network Rail threatened to do that uh, at the commencement of the dispute last year. They served us with redundancy notices. So that's their next step to serve redundancy notices, to serve notice of change, and just to seek to impose uh, these changes. And that's what we've been fighting for the whole period. We've been fighting this for two years, even before the ballots commenced. They wanted to just accept that uh, as the price for having a job in the industry. And we're not in that position. So that, that's up to them whether they want to do that. We've asked them if they're going to do it and they won't answer the question. Finally, trying to get a little bit of good news, a little bit of optimism for people on the 1848. Um, is it possible that we might actually see all of this devolve just down to individual TOCs, train operating companies? That, that is possible. They've said that all the time. Uh, and we've said to them, well, you may as well get on with that because we're obviously not going to get a deal at the RDG, as it seems to us. Maybe that will change. They've not doing that either. So if it went into the companies, they would have exactly the same mandate. So if if Avanti West Coast or Great Western or Northern were doing that, they would have the same mandate that's been in the dispute for the past year. So it wouldn't change much. It would just be a bit more scattered uh, and a bit less easy to handle from both sides of the equation. So that's that's their move. That's Only they can decide that and it's they'll have to get on with it if they wish. But we're ready for that as well. In the search for optimism, I'm afraid not too much to be found there. But I do understand that it may be that we will see some talks directly between the train operators individually and the union to try to get past this. The other thing, as I hinted in that uh, interview, was that I think we may start to see train operators changing uh, terms and conditions of employment without negotiation. Who knows how it's going to end? I don't, but I hope it does soon. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Goodbye.